Welcome to Love Always Self, a podcast about connection to self, reflections of self, and how this impacts our reality. We're all about trying to find balance, discovering tools for spiritual wellness, and creating a safe place to have loving conversations about a broad range of topics. I'm Carista, an energy healer with a background in Reiki, nursing, health coaching, and personal training. I have a holistic mindset and believe that everyone and everything can work together in harmony so that we can create more balanced life experiences. And I'm Shira, a spiritual intuitive and explorer of personal truth with a background in management and finance. I feel we are all connected and guided by our own spiritual team, whom I refer to as Mount Glass, and I want to help teach you how to connect with yours. We believe we're all connected and by learning to love self, we will elevate the collective consciousness and learn to create deeper connections with each other, self and source. As we grow and learn through our own life adventures and self discoveries, we hope you gain insights into your own truth. Don't forget to subscribe to stay notified of new content and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, hello. Welcome to Love Always Self. I'm Shira. Hey y'all, I'm Karista, and thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Love Always Self. And today we have a wonderful guest, Heather. Heather's mission is to change food through strengthening local food systems so that everybody wins, the community, our health, and our planet, which is fabulous. In 2016, she founded Prep to Your Door in an effort to make this mission a reality. The company serves the Austin and Houston area with organic farm-to-table meals in zero-waste packaging. Heather has spent the last 15 years rebuilding her life after becoming incarcerated for a year. Her promise upon release was to grow, be honest, and do good things. She graduated from the University of Texas with degrees in mathematics and linguistics and with her master's from Harvard University in 2020. Her proudest accomplishments are winning Fave Sustainable Business in 2019, the prestigious Austin Women's Way Award for Business to Watch, and named as Forbes Next 1000 for 2021. She was also a finalist for the Austin Under 40 Awards in 2020 and the winner for Austin Under 40 Awards in 2021. Heather, welcome! Yay! <laughs> Girl, you guys so have on. Yes, quite the accolades. <laughs> Thank you guys. It's so nice to be here. And it does feel good to hear all of that. I've never heard anybody read that. So that really? Thank you. Wow. <laughs> no. I feel like I feel like you should be standing in front of the mirror, like reading it out loud to yourself on a regular basis. Okay. Like that, that's gr- amazing accomplishments. Thank you. It's what it's very surreal. Very, very surreal to say, to be able to kind of, you know, have those bragging moments. That's never thought I would be there. So very, very blessed. Well, I saw some of the video from when uh, you were receiving the Austin under 40 award this year and, or for 2021. And I was just like, yeah, girl, get it. (laughs) I was like, like, that's amazing. Anyway, sorry, Carrie, I interrupted you. No, no, you're good. We're, we're both excited to have you on. And, and I know we both have our list of questions. So uh, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about Prep to Your Door and some more detail? Yeah. So um, Prep to Your Door does organic plant-based farm table meals, and we deliver right to people's doors in Austin and Houston. Um, we will be expanding um, you know, to DFW in San Antonio in the next 12 to 24 months. Um, but I think, I, you know, think the thing about the meal prep space is there's to me, there's really nothing like 
um, super special about that. I think the thing that makes our business the most special and unique is um, our packaging standards and commitment to sustainability, which is zero waste. So, you know, we could do the single use plastic or single, you know, compostable packaging, um, but we don't, we choose not to, we choose a closed loop reusable um, circuit, which means like every week, think of the milkman, leave out your uh, empty jars. Um, and then we will pick those up whenever we drop off your new meals, we take everything back to our facility. We scrub, sanitize um, all the jars. So everything is in rotation. And then if you only try us for one week or you try us for however long and need to cancel, we will come back after that week of cancellation and pick those items up. So again, you know, really like the responsibility we feel like in business and the future of business is like, it, it, there's no such thing as a way. Like when you're throwing something away, there really is not a place for a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a whole, there's a whole thing about that here in Austin, our, our landfills. Um, I don't remember how many tons, but literally tons of acid are dumped into a pit of whatever is in the landfill to melt it. And the issue with that is it's a dirt pit. So, um, and there's two waterways that run underneath that. So we think it's a way and it is a way for now, but it's not a way forever. And our children and our, you know, lineages for many generations will be cleaning up after us if we don't make a shift. So that is where we get our commitment to being plant-based too. Um, And there's obviously a lot of ethics around being plant-based and vegan. Um, But for us, it really is a mission to mother earth and keeping us alive as a species for um, many, many more beautiful centuries. I love that. I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like out of sight, out of mind. It does not apply to this. Like it is, it is everywhere as far as the trash. And so I think this is really great. The having this great access to incredible food, um, and, and still maintaining a healthy environment, meaning our mother earth, like taking care of her while we're taking care of ourselves. So I think that is fabulous. And, uh, tell me about the source of the food. So you use a lot of local resources. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah. I mean, at one point we were sourcing from, um, you know, 20 different farms across the state. Our, our model has changed a little bit for two reasons. Um, and and they're pandemic related kind of, so, um, there's a company in town that does farm delivery for like all kinds of things, Mm -hmm. but they had a wholesale, um, part of their business where they would, they would supply restaurants and other businesses with wholesale farm to table stuff. Um, they shut that down during COVID because they needed to focus on getting the food to the people, not to other restaurants. Mm-hmm. So, um, we do use farm to table, which sources from all for farms all across Texas. So thank God we still have them. Um, but it just limited our options there. Then we have direct relationships with farms across the state. However, everybody knows the last two years we had two freezes yeah. and the thing about vegetable farmers is there's no subsidies, um, for vegetables, the subsidies and government assistant, government assistance and insurance comes from, for like animal farming, not vegetable farming. So not only did those farms 
lose their crops, but they did not get the reimbursement and support um, that I truly feel like they deserve. So mm -hmm. transparently, I just like to talk about that. Like yeah. our mission is to support local farmers. If you look at the local, if you look at the average farmer age, it's almost 60. It's sometimes 57, sometimes it's 59, just depending on which data you're looking at. But let's just go ahead and agree it's almost 60. And when any any industry where you have the average age like close to the end of their life, that means that is a declining industry. Mm -hmm. And when you look at why that is, well, we don't have a government that supports all aspects, right? So that's the, the parts that are our government um, subsidizes wheat and soy and mm -hmm. beef and dairy, right? Mm -hmm. So um, farmers, if they do farm, they, they usually always do that because that is a like way to stabilize their income and, you know, business that's really, really hard on the earth. Um, and so, and farm in general is just so hard you know, you're completely dependent on the weather. And that's why they feel like they have to do these wheat and soy crops, monocropping mm -hmm. um, to keep the business afloat. So with all of that in mind, and you have kids nowadays with all the technologies that we have, um, you know, all the luxuries that 50, 100 years ago, they didn't have with land prices going up. When, when, people retire in the farming industry, their kids don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Who would like, who, like, I mean, in Texas, right. I mean, maybe in the Midwest, it might be, it might be easier, but like in the Texas heat farming, it, it's, it's like a lot of hard work. Yeah. It's brutal. Yeah. And then let's compare like their options. They can literally just sell off their land and get millions. Mm -hmm. They have like, you know, maybe a hundred hundreds of acres that can be developed. And so the kids aren't doing it. And so I just wanted to, to say that like our commitment to farmers is like so deep for me. It's yeah. so, so deep because mm -hmm. again, think about sustainability. If we continue to develop all this farming land, we become uh, as a population, we become very vulnerable because then we only have a few large food suppliers making all of our food and all of our food choices. It is a little scary. I don't like to use fear as like the motivator there, but, um, you know, a lot of those big, big agricultures are very, very closely tied to big pharma. Mm -hmm. And that's just a different direction of wellness, right? Like, that's just not what I stand for personally. So, um, so yes, we love to support farms across Texas. We have not been as successful these last two years as I would like to be, um, but we were room for growth. We will continue, continue to fight that battle. I love it. Yes. I love that, that you have that resolve and that thoughtfulness and, and just that perspective. Cause I hadn't really thought about, um, us disregarding the farmers in that way but you're right. It's, it's going to make us a very vulnerable population. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. and just sharing that knowledge alone, you know, like, I mean, some of the things that you were just saying, I wasn't aware of either. And mm -hmm. I, I figured, you know, I knew that we were going to have some, some crop issues after the freezes and things of that nature, but just knowing that the standard age, you know, the average age of, you know, our local farmers is in that range. 
Um, and the idea, the fact that, yeah, a lot of the, you know, the social media and the, you know, just make a YouTube channel and, and, you know, grow, grow that way in whatever business that you're doing in the technology phases of, of our planet currently would drive a lot of those, you know, younger generations to not want to go out there and do the dirty work in the heat or the cold. Right. So mm -hmm. I, I, so I get mm -hmm. it. I, I see, I see how that could actually be a, you know, and is. Uh, a growing concern that you know we should all maybe put some focus more focus back towards in order for us to be eating and taking in more sustainable items that are better for our health and for our planet so because we're all connected <laughs> yeah. uh, we are absolutely. a byproduct of our planet you know so <laughs> right absolutely and like just on that note like I didn't even touch on that but like you know, supporting our local farmers. I'm doing it for them, but y'all, I'm doing it for us too. Our food tastes better yeah. when we get our food right out of the ground. It's been harvested within 48 hours. That is so different than getting it off the shelf when it's been in transit at minimum of two weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, not only does the flavor totally different, but the nutrient yes. density is totally different. Like literally that's what I mean when I say everybody wins. So when you support your local farmer, like it is so it, the ripples are just so far and wide and they really do start within. So, um, go to your farmer's market, everybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're there. We're the one downtown too. You can say hi to us. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so I, I was curious, um, how, how did you come up with this idea of, of creating prep to your door? What was the catalyst? Well, um, it was a seed that was planted many, many, many years ago. And I might get emotional here. Okay. Um, I'm just so blessed. So, okay. So the story is I got a job at Whole Foods um, when they opened their huge downtown store in Austin, mm -hmm. 2004, 2005. It was like epic and legendary in this city. Like they went from like a normal size grocery store to an 80,000 square foot corporate headquarters, you know, like this just, and it's beautiful. Like it's a beautiful store. And so historically where Whole Foods was like kind of hard to get a job at. I mean, there's a, there's a joke that like whoever's bagging your groceries probably has their master's degree, um, at Whole Foods. Like they went from this little staff to like needing to like staff this huge store. Right. So that was, so I heard about this hiring fair. And I was like waiting tables at the time was really bad at it. I was make like $12. Sometimes I was just a bad waitress y'all. <laughs> I was like, I just want a stable paycheck. And they were like advertising $10 an hour full-time benefits. And I was like, that sounds great. And again, this is like in 2004, 2005, I didn't have my degree. I literally just got out of prison. Like this was a great opportunity for me. And they gave me that, that they gave me a job and they gave me a job in prepared foods. A guy came up to me and was like, you ever worked in foods? And I was like, no. And he was like, do you want to work at the smoothie bar? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I love smoothies. Like who doesn't love smoothies? Right. Like I can make a smoothie. Like that was my thought. Y'all the smoothie bar was like this. It wasn't just a smoothie bar. It was also like this cold pressed juice bar. And like, I mean, just so many beautiful vegetables that I did not eat at the time. And it, it, it partnered, it, it, it shared the space with the raw vegan food, mm -hmm. uh, 
a counter. Do you know mm-hmm. about do you know about raw vegan food? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I had never heard of raw vegan food, and I was like, "What kind of crazy shit is this?" I, I think I Samantha from yes, yes. Can. I think Samantha from <laughs> Sex in the City when she first met her her hot model actor boyfriend, and he's a raw. Uh, is a raw restaurant or whatever. That's that's honestly like the first place my head goes when I hear raw vegan food. Digressing. That's okay. incredible. Sex in the city giving us life lessons. Um, Gotta love it. Okay, well, yeah. So there was this raw vegan who worked there. His name is Spencer. I'm still looking for him to this day, by the way. So Spencer, if you hear this, hit me up. I don't know where you are, but you changed my life. And Spencer was his eyes looked like they were going to pop out of his head. He would just like drink like 64 ounces of fucking spirulina. And I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And he was like, yeah, you know, he was just like, he just like educated me. And he was like, you should try it. You should try it. Just go vegetarian. Just go vegetarian. And finally I was like, I want what this guy has. He is high on life. He is present. He's sharp. And so I did. And y'all, my whole life changed. Mm. I started to feel like completely different. Like I felt like I could see better, like literally like my vision, hear, feel. And what I think happened was I had a lot of inflammation in my body mm-hmm. that subsided. And so that my body could function at like where it was supposed to be. And I was on like a huge baggie of psychotropic medicine Mm -hmm. and I just quit. And I'm not, I don't advocate for that for people who are listening. Like I actually just did a video on this on my profile. Like if you need to take medication, I will not judge you. Like you do what you got to do, but you know, you got to keep that long-term mind, long-term plan in mind. And I think changing our consumption habits and our diet and our lifestyle and our you know, our relationship with ourself is really the way out of that hole that you might be in. Cause I was in a hole. So that's, that's what I did. And, um, you know, I basically think I was like severely inflamed and nutrition, nutritionally deficient. And it was causing all these problems in, in my body. Like I was overweight, I was depressed. I was, you know, like all of the things that my body was just really bogged down. So, yeah, that's what happened. I went, I went vegetarian and I, the way I did that. And I, I think this is a good thing for people to hear is I just did one meat at a time. So I started with pork and I didn't do that for 30 days. And then I did beef, no beef for 30 days. And then I did chicken, chicken took me a little bit longer, fish took me a little bit longer, but, but I got there and, um, being vegetarian was like really, really, it made me feel really good. And it made my relationship with food really healthy because I could eat so much. And it just gave me so much energy versus like (laughs) making me feel full and fat and guilty. Like I just never felt that way. Um, so that was my story with food and, um, the way that whole foods treated me with so much dignity and respect. And they gave me a home in a place where I was really low. And I learned all about sourcing and packaging and just, I mean, it just lit my soul on fire and I totally drank the whole foods Kool-Aid. So, um, you know, I have so much love for that company. Um, 
That's it's awesome. just, it changed my life. And I, I, I would like, I was an evangel, I was a vegetarian evangelist. Like I would tell everybody mm-hmm. to be vegetarian because of what it did for me. Yeah. And so just with that in mind, I mean, I just, it never, food never left me. And once you learn the impact of our food system, it, it touches everybody. Mm-hmm. It touches every single, it literally touches every single human. Like, even if you're not, even if, even if it's like indirectly, because it's even your workers at a restaurant, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much, basically when you try to scale food for the most part, something's got to give. And that's usually the planet or the people involved, right? It's exploitation of workers. And I say that for restaurant workers too, you know, that two thirty-five an hour or whatever mm-hmm. they're paying, um, plus tips. I mean, it's like, no, why don't you just pay a fair wage? Right. And so I think just on that note, the way to do that is we, as a, we, as a society need to probably pay double what we're used to whenever people prepare food and serve food to us. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to our vegetables and stuff, we just need to grow them ourselves and it'll even out because then it'll be like free food in your fridge. And then, but pay like the price where it's fair to everyone involved, our environment and our, our workers. So, um, I learned all of this. I couldn't unlearn it and it carried, carried it with me. And whenever I kind of had a breakdown in New York, I was just like completely unfulfilled. And, and even though I had this rich, beautiful life, I was really sad inside that will be, sometimes that's like the, the biggest gift. Right. And so, um, when I met my now husband, um, he really, really gave me the confidence to go on this journey with him. He's an entrepreneur and I made our, I made the, I made the meals for him. I made the vegetarian meals in glass, not plastic, no plastic. Um, and he was like, people would pay for this. This is delicious. And I was like, I know I wanted to do it, but I'm so scared. And so he's my co-founder. He's my life partner. He's my rock. Um, and my wise old, wise old Oak tree. That's what <laughs> wow. That's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a believer in this. Carrie and I have shared this on, you know, previous episodes where we talk about like what led us to the journeys that we're on today. Um, and sometimes hitting that rock bottom, uh, or having some form of a trigger in your life that causes you to just break down enough to truly see what it is that's causing you to be unhappy and unfulfilled. Right. Um, that can be something that, you know, really does leapfrog you into the path that you were always meant to go on. Um, so what would you say was one of those moments for you? Like, what was it for you that made that leapfrog into where you wanted to go? So funny. So my, my quote is leap in the net will appear. And that's, oh. there's just, there's just story behind that. And I actually have it on this board, but I lost a P. So now it looks like leap and the net will <laughs> a pair. <laughs> and normally this is my setup. I usually have it like this, but I was like, I can't go down like this. <laughs> They're going to think I don't know how to spell. So we're doing it this way guys. Um, so yeah. So when I talk about that, that story where I'm in New York and I left kind of abruptly, um, it was like, it was like abruptly, like I quit my job on a Thursday. Monday did the weekend, like, blah, like went all out. Like I was just like, you know, with my friends and like carefree Monday, I listed my apartment on Airbnb. 
And I left, like, I want to say a week later, I left New York and I did never go back because I went backpacking around the world. But part of right before that process happened, um, I was listening to this old, I was listening to this story from the 1800s. Like it was like a, it wasn't, it was a fiction. It was, it wasn't like a, any, anything yeah. like self-help. It was a good story. And the accidental empress, that's the name of the book. If you want to read it, it was really great. I was listening to it on audiobook, and there's this moment where they, they said, leap and the net will appear. Mm. And like y'all the story it like doesn't even have anything to do with the book. So this, I just, I feel like, and I don't even know how I got that book. So I don't even remember. So it's just, it's just like, I have no reason to be reading this book. And this quote has no reason to be being in this book. Like it, it's a good story without that quote. And I heard it and I was like totally distracted in, you know, New York. I'm like walking around and I like stopped and I like rewound it and I played it again and I played it again. And it was like, it was like the message that I needed to hear to give me permission because the reason I wouldn't leap is because I couldn't see that net. Oh, mm-hmm. that resonates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's like, yeah, there's no net. You got to make that net or you got to trust that that net's going to make itself available to you. Yeah. And so, um, you know, my life had been like I said, unfulfilling. And so I, I think what I want to say is it wasn't like there was like an exact moment. There was, it was a bubbling, you know, mm. it was like got a teapot on the, on the other or on the stove. And it was like really close to whistling for me. And then I heard this quote and, um, wow. like very shortly after I quit and I listed my apartment on Airbnb and I went backpacking and I, did what I call the eat, pray, love tour. I just, I went to Thailand and India. I did yoga, lived in Israel for a while. I just like, I just left and I cried and I realigned all my values and all my values were jacked up because I got into the rat race of New York where it's the who's who's and keeping up with the Joneses. And does this person check all these boxes to be my friend or my lover? And it was just so not, it was just so not good. So, um, I just want to say to anybody out there, if you're in a, if you're in a place where you're really questioning like the direction of your life or the fulfillment of your life, or you basically just hit rock bottom or had the rug pulled from under you, just take a moment and close your eyes and say, thank you. And really start to imagine how this is a good thing. And it might hurt. It might be painful but I promise you it's a good thing. I promise you. And it might involve grieving and mourning and death. And I still promise you it's a good thing. Amen to that. Thank you so much for saying that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tell people all the time, you know, cancer was the best thing that ever happened to me. And it's the craziest thing to say out loud. And it's ridiculous to try to, see that on the other side when you're in it because we've all been taught to believe you know our beliefs our background our history everything is said 
when things aren't going well for you, it's just terrible times. You know, how are you going to get out of it? How are you going to get out of it? Right. And Mm -hmm. we have to start to look within more, connect to that, that we are also spiritual beings and not just a physical body. And we can't overcome that if we start to work in unison with that. So I believe that what you received that day was probably your higher self stepping in and saying, hey, girl, here's the path that you were always meant to be on. Just a little nudge. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. They don't want to involve you, interrupt your free will unless you're asking. So <laughs> can so I make ahead. a comment there? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's because I just to hear you say that cancer was the best thing that ever happened to you. That's a tough one for me. That's a tough one. That's a tough one for me to even hear you say, because that, because then I want to like extrapolate that and apply it to others. And like, I don't feel like it's my place to ever say that or feel that way about anybody, but I, it's really inspiring to hear you say that. And, um, that's, that's, that's huge. Like, that's probably one of the ones that I maybe, you know, argue. I don't know if that's, I don't know if this applies here, you know, like that's a really, really big one. So thank you for sharing. You're welcome. It's, it, it's not, you know, to say it in a, such a blanket statement like that, there's all the thoughts that are going behind my head when I say something like that, right? There's the, what, what led you to the journey that you were on, right? Well, I'll be honest. I was drinking a lot. I was smoking. I was doing everything terrible for my body. I wasn't getting enough sleep. I wasn't eating any types of foods that were conducive to, you know, allowing me to process things like a lot of sugars, a lot of processed foods, a lot of fast foods, like all the things that were really bad. I was in a high stressful state 24 seven, which also just takes it on to a whole new level of everything else that I was already doing. I never slowed down. I never thought about self. I never thought about any of that. So when I say cancer was the best thing that happened to me is because although it sucked and I don't wish it on anyone, um, it required me to stop when I wasn't willing to stop myself. So that's, that's how, that's how I'm able to say that because I can look at that now and I can recognize that that's what it did. Right. Okay. That, that absolutely makes sense. Yeah. 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 Thank you. You're welcome. And that perspective too, right. Uh, when you're in the situation, it's okay to be in that, that grieving state. It's totally understandable and, and valid. And I think it takes a really incredible, um, type of person to be able to zoom out and see those positive aspects and be able to shift their understanding of a situation and see what good can come out of it as well. And that's what you did, Heather. And that's what you're, you're, and you're not just taking it from your own personal experiences. You're now sharing this, you know, as what Carrie and I are doing with this podcast, you're now sharing this gift that, you know, you've received in, in what we like to call awakenings, right? It's just a little spiritual terminology there, but like, (laughs) you know, with so many others, you're helping farmers, you're helping people eat, you know, more uh, sustainable items um, or better foods for you. Um, And you're helping people live a better life by what you're doing. And that's incredible. And that's, you know, even with the 
accolades that you've and accomplishments and girl, these are just incredible, by the way, like <laughs> that's amazing because you're touching so many people's lives and you're providing work for, uh, you've got a staff too, um, that are, that's helping you out in all these different cities. So that's, that's incredible. That's amazing what you're doing. So I'm proud Thank of you. you. Thank you. <laughs> those Appreciate you. You're welcome. So, uh, Heather, just a couple more questions as we are closing out this episode. So first off, I wanted to ask you to share how people can find prep to your door and find out more information or sign up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, prep to your door.com is, I mean, the first thing it's going to do is like, give us your zip code and we'll tell you if we deliver there. And if we don't just message us because we have a list of desired zip codes. Um, if you're in the Austin area though, I mean, we definitely deliver to you. We deliver all the way down to Kyle dripping. Um, if you go West all the way out to Spicewood. So that includes Lakeway. We go up to Cedar park and Leander, and we even go as North as Georgetown. So if you're in Austin area, we definitely deliver Houston's a little more tricky. Um, so that's probably, you know, more of where you might have trouble. And then of course, San Antonio and DFW, please give us your zip code because I would love to know where we need to target first. Um, when we expand, you can follow us on social at prep to your door. Um, you know, we're trying to be better about like really having communication there. So, um, but I know we, we love to engage with our followers. Um, we just hit 11 K and that was awesome. Congrats. Yeah. Um, it's so crazy. You can like scroll all the way back to our first one and you can see how terrible <laughs> literally like bad lighting on an old iPhone on a brown desk <laughs> of vegetables. It's like it's so bad, but you'll see it's real this journey we've been on is very real. Um, and then you can always email me Heather at prep Um, I do public speaking. I'm writing a book about, you know, basically some of these stories I've told today are little pockets. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Um, you can get on the waiting list for my, my book. I don't, I, I thought it would come out this year, but, um, working with, my editor, um, I think there's a shot at maybe it being a little bit bigger going with a bigger publisher. So, oh um, it might take a little longer for that. Oh, that's exciting. That yeah. Is so yeah. Great. But, um, yeah, just let me know, email me and I'll, I'll, um, you know, put down your, I have a list of people who want to be the first. So I'll put you on that list. Absolutely. Yay. Perfect. To read that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, Heather, we're going to ask our final question to you today. And uh, it's a doozy. We call it the slow burner. <laughs> so <laughs> what does self-love mean to you? Yeah. So to me, I don't know if I have a direct answer, but, um, you know, any of our, any of our, like what we perceive as negative traits, I believe are expressions of a child, like an unhealed child wound, neglected child, traumatized child wound. Mm 
And that is our work in this life is to really like, as if you were talking to a, a child, like a four-year-old, like whatever, whatever age resonates with you. Like if you were to sit down and imagine saying to that child, like, what makes you sad? And if that child could articulate, you know, what, what it is like that you may, it may not be an articulate answer though. So if you could ask yourself that question every day, like, how can I, how can I make you happy today? How can I support you today? How can I love you today? That child will answer. And it might be a, a very strange response. You might be really surprised at what like bubbles up <laughs> like that. Really? You just want a pineapple today. Okay. You're getting a pineapple today. Having whatever conversation you can with yourself is how you get deeper and deeper into a relationship with yourself and discovering, um, growth opportunities, places that you were hurt that maybe you didn't even realize. And I just think that, I think that we, we have these words like meditation and, um, you know, we have all of these modalities, right? Meditation, yoga, like, um, breathing exercises. And like, those are great. Those are like primers for like, keep, you know, keeping in touch with ourselves, but really you don't need any of those things. You just get into a quiet space and ask yourself like, Hey, how are you doing? Just like you would a child, because in, inside we really are children and that we see that through music and art and joy. We get to see our childlike nature come out. And it's like, we, I think giving ourselves more permission to be that child and loving that child is really what life is about. Oh I love God. it. Yes. Connecting with that child. That's, that's why that inner work is so important because you are worth loving that inner child within yourself. Mm -hmm. Beautifully said, Heather. Thank you so, so much for being here today. Honestly, like great conversation. I knew it was going to be <laughs> so, um, and everything, um, everywhere you can find Heather, um, her social media and website for prep to your door. We're going to leave links down below, whether you're listening to this on audio or watching this on YouTube, don't forget to hit the like subscribe bells and whistles. It does help us grow and reach more of these beautiful people that we are trying to reach. So with that being said, don't forget to love first, love last and love always. Am I supposed to say that? No. <laughs> I mean, you can. Absolutely. Go right ahead. I was like, oh no, I don't know what to say. We play with this ending every yeah. time. No big deal. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. listener. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us in this moment. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and we look forward to our next connection. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow to stay notified of new content from Love Always Self. If you have any questions or topics you'd like for us to discuss, please hit us up on any of our social media platforms linked in the show notes below. I'm Karista. And I'm Shira. And until next time, remember to love first, love last, and, and love always. always.
Love Always Self podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. We do not make any warranties about the completeness, reliability, and accuracy of the information presented in this podcast. Any action you choose to take upon the information in this podcast is strictly done so at your own risk, and we will not be held liable for any losses and damages in connection with the use of our podcast. Any and all medical concerns should be addressed with a licensed healthcare provider, as well as any questions that may be derived from the information discussed in this podcast.